0: Welcome back to a morning episode of DSLR Film New Podcast. We've got Mitch here. It's the morning myself. I say morning because uh, I'm not in morning, <laughs> but uh, it is definitely morning, and we are both a little off of our game today. Uh, no game changers here, just regular game. We're bringing the B game to the table, guys. Mitch, <laughs> what have you been up to, man?
1: Uh, this is the week of preparation for
0: vacation. Yes. So this is like, uh, oh. things just don't get done as, you know, most of the regular stuff uh-huh. gets like put yeah. aside. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, blog posts
1: so far, there are no blog posts for Friday <laughs> on planet 5d cause, uh, I've been, uh, trolling Facebook and working on other things, trying
0: to get ready for vacation <laughs> going on that houseboat. That sounds nice. Actually, uh, myself, yeah. I've been dealing with, uh, exploding air conditioners, uh, Uh-oh. we, uh, we have a split unit that's going in for the studio downstairs as soon as that room is completely finished. And the split unit, they fired it up. It ran great for a day. And then it belched about two gallons of water out all over the place. So cleaning up that mess, it uh, turns out there you was were a,
1: having some trouble, aren't you?
0: Yeah, there was a the
1: forklift guy.
0: Yeah, the forklift guy. I still haven't got my garage fixed yet. Uh, there, are two <laughs> quotes on that that they moved my entire garage. That's wonderful. Um, and then the, somehow the the pipe overnight got clogged, and so it pushed all the water that was supposed to drain out of the air conditioner outside to inside, which is lovely. And it may end up requiring some sheetrock repair, which is ah, nice. It's brand new sheetrock, so it's uh, extra extra fun i really <laughs> yeah. really happy excited about that
1: <laughs> well it sounds like your week was maybe as bad as mine speaking of bad things uh oh fifteen hundred dollars in car repairs on two cars tow trucks involved triple a uh ching
0: driving like a maniac and uh,
1: uh huh, what you, you driving like a maniac uh no we the problem is we are we don't drive our cars much we sit in the sit in the driveway. But anyway. And then an unexpected medical expense for my wife of about three grand. So, oh no! Anybody wants to start sending in donations? Uh, my PayPal address is. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, just been
0: one of those weeks. I'm rolling into a dentist appointment after the show today Uh-oh. too. So, uh, yeah, I, I looked uh, my my tooth hurt and I could figure out what was going on. And I look in the mirror and my filling's missing. So, uh, oh, I mean. Hopefully that doesn't yeah. cause internal damage when it passes through me. But uh, oh Don't God.
1: put those things off, people, by the way, because uh, actually my wife's thing was a, was a dental thing. and Anyway.
0: Yeah, that can go sideways on you fast. And did yes, you know that can. you can have a heart attack and other heart-related issues from dental issues? Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this is not a medical podcast, and I am by no means a medical professional. So <laughs> I think it is probably... Time for, the news. Time, for the news. Time for the news. Time for the news. First thing on the list here is actually a graphics card. We've been talking about graphics cards off and on. We did have the GTX Titan release or announcement at least, and before that, the 1080. It seems as though it is graphic card season. Now we're getting <laughs> the Radeon announcements. This is the line that's supposed to replace the Fire Pro line of gpus this is the wx series they have a 9 the 100 and the 70, 100, <laughs> a 5100 and a 4100 the interesting thing about these cards is actually the maximum gddr5 memory can be up to 32 gigs on the card and these cards also have an internal spot for an ssd now mitch That extra feature of having an entire hard drive on your graphics card and RAM and a GPU, is is this just a computer inside of a computer? Uh, Well, let's be
1: realistic. Technically, it always has been, right? True, true. Multiple computers slapped together. They specialized each one. So this one is becoming, you know, it's, it's basically almost a smartphone inside of there if you add all the little pieces together um we're just stalling right I mean, we're stalling until middle the end of august until the 5d mark IV is announced that's what we're doing so <laughs> let's, just, let's just confess you're all excited about graphics cards uh and it might be graphic card season and i'm i'm really excited for that uh
0: all right let me tell you line. why so this card care, but... is interesting mitch <laughs> This card... Okay, please do. This card has an internal SSD as well as the ability to have up to 32 gigs of GDDR5, which means that you can load massive models into the graphic card storage space and load those at frame rates in the 90 to 100 frames per second. So imagine for a moment, if you will, you're wearing your VR headset (laughs) and you want to look around a giant architectural structure that you are designing. You could load the entire structure onto your GPU and process and see the image At a speed that would make it conducive to you actually walking around inside of your model Now another interesting thing and this is actually more of a medical application But uh, imagine if you did a scan of a patient and you wanted to look at all the different sections three-dimensionally in real time Uh, With this you could load all the individual small scans into the graphics card and then analyze those in real time Also with that sort of speed you could process 8k footage which, uh, there you, you go. know, that's, that's pretty neat. You could uh, do yeah. that at a, a much higher frame rate. Uh, previously, uh, cards were limiting you in the 17 to 18 frames per second. Now, if you were accessing that same footage off of this GPU, you could probably get like 30, maybe 60 frames per second real-time playback. So those are all really neat features for people that are doing VR development. They want to have the best VR. And of course, the price on these guys, the nine the 100 is going to be more expensive uh right now i can't get a fix on the actual price but looking on amazon and some of the other pre-sales looks like three thousand dollars but the rest of the cards the 7100 5100 and 4100 will all be sub 1000 thousand dollar cards and these are comparable to the gtx 980 mitch is just uh he's falling asleep on me here he's we no, boring we're not. Too.
1: I'm getting ready for the next story.
0: (laughs) So go out there, take a look at this graphics card. Uh, If you're into VR and you're into development or you're doing some interesting things with uh, models and so on, this is probably a pretty exciting option for you. Even video editors.
1: So you're telling me that if you're a doctor, you could be able to do a virtual
0: walkthrough of my body? I mean, if I had the scans, I, I would probably need to slice you into very small pieces and then, you know, scan each one and look through it. Now, I, I, uh-huh. there's a lot of ways they could use this if uh, they're doing a uh, <laughs> um, like a brain scan. See, I for don't example. need
1: that, I don't need that colonoscopy, then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so you I'm mentioned sorry. that. Actually, have you seen <laughs> the pill that you swallow? That's a camera. I have heard about that. Yeah. So you swallow a cool. you swallow a pill and the pill has uh, uh like two cameras in it and it records its entire trip through your intestines and then you send it in and they grab the images and you're good to go. So nice. I mean that's a pretty interesting option for those of you yeah. who don't like to drink a bunch of slurry and lay on a well, I, table. Well, I think you
1: would still have to do that. Oh, that's I'm, true
0: cuz you have to clean everything out so you can
1: Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want that thing getting embedded in the middle of your uh <clears throat> and then it wouldn't record anything, right? So yeah, you'd still have to have to do the clean out process, but at least it would you wouldn't have to go under anesthesia and all that other nastiness, which I've had trouble with.
0: All right, speaking of cleaning out, let's not uh, clean <laughs> yeah. out our inventory of Atomos Ninja products just yet. I know they have new fancy things on the horizon, but it looks like they've announced some firmware updates for some of their older model of recorders. Uh, It looks like the feature added to this will be more dynamic range. No, folks, this will not change the screen on your older device, but it will actually give you a little bit better representation of the image by changing the way it's presented to you as far as the dynamic range is concerned. They're also adding a public beta for Cinema DNG. That means some raw internal recording for 4.4.4. For Sony FS7 and 700 users, Mitch, are you excited about this at all? You know, this Woo-hoo. is firmware updates. Man, it is. A, this is just a dogged, slow uh, news week. There's, there's not a lot going on, folks. Let me tell well, you. The,
1: the, the, thing, the key to though, to me is don't be confused, uh, because the implication when I first read this was that they were somehow getting better dynamic range out of the original source material. Ah. Right. I mean it it just came across as, oh well, great, we want more dynamic range on everything, right? But you gotta realize that what they're saying, at least the way I read it, and help me if I'm wrong, uh, I mean the original sensor isn't going to get more dynamic range, right? The original footage and what they're saying is that realistically their recordings were slightly less dynamic range than what the sensor was presenting right yes and so this is good news although it's kind of disappointing because you thought to yourself hey wasn't i getting the exact original footage in the first place so now i'm confused <laughs> um maybe maybe it's a good thing right more dynamic range is,
0: is typically a good thing uh but anyway well, it it Go ahead i think uh mainly it's the way that they're handling the image on the screen for you to look at it, that's how i i read it uh, looking at the firmware update they're they're changing the way it's presented so that it's utilizing the maximum amount of dynamic range available for that older screen and it's giving you a few of oh, the features okay. that are available in the newer versions of the atomos uh, recorders so It's nice that they're still supporting these older products and uh, adding firmware updates to them, even if uh, they're not the latest and greatest. Uh, As far as the uh, Cinema DNG, it's still in beta, guys, and uh, you you do need a camera that supports that uh, output, so it looks like the FS5 and the FS700 will get you there if you have one of those. Uh, Both of those, I think, require an upgrade, though. The FS5, I think it's a software upgrade where you pay... Sony, correct me if I'm wrong, Mitch, but don't you pay Sony to get the 4K uh, upgrade for the FS5 and then the FS700? Isn't that a module of some sort?
1: Hi, DJ. (laughs) I don't have a
0: clue. Okay. Uh, I
1: think, I think, I mean, I, I remember the original was that you had to pay like three grand to get those... Uh, but I swear somewhere along the line, they decided to get rid of that, didn't they? I don't know. I'm... I don't know either. And and I apologize because you're right. I missed the one word in this top paragraph that says brings expanded dynamic range viewing when shooting in log. I missed the word viewing. Ah. So you're right. It's, it's about basically the way you look at it on their screen. So I apologize for my little... I, <laughs> You know, but it's, I mean, you know, it's important. Those one little word things, if, you, if you're skimming, you miss the important words,
0: you're screwed. You ever see that commercial where uh, they're building a car and it's like soccer week or soccer month and none of the cars come out, right? No, because uh, they're all watching yeah, they're all watching soccer. I feel like uh yeah, no. I feel like this is one of those weeks. Uh <laughs> <laughs> moving on, uh this is actually something Football. kind of exciting here. Let's take a look at a new Nikon lens. This is the 105mm f1.4 and it is an AF dash s which is the extra fancy autofocus for nikon this lens will set you back around two thousand dollars 2196 what? is the price but it has all of the aperture uh and the images out of this thing uh look they look really good uh this is a beautiful looking lens it has all of the bokeh look at these test shots here it's a uh, it's really attractive. What do you think, Mitch? For Nikon shooters, is is this pretty exciting compared to the 105 offerings from other manufacturers?
1: Yes, of of course. Um I haven't shot with a 105, but um I I was was impressed with like the bokeh on the image uh, sample with the the glasses, the wine glasses.
0: Let me uh, it's see very smooth
1: that's the bottom one if on that link Um, (laughs) and of
0: course it's in chinese for some reason and nothing is loading yes there there you go there we go look at that
1: um the sad thing the thing that really pisses me off and i you know i love to get pissed off is you click that and for those of you watching on video or live and thank you for watching by the way uh this is a tiny-ass image. Why can't they give you a freaking bigger image? Uh, <laughs> and it's just, like, really disappointing because you want to go in and you want to see detail, and it's it's tiny.
0: Well, and it's JPEG. I mean, come yeah. on. Give me, give me some raw oh. images to look at.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, you'd have to be able to download them, and theoretically, you know, we run into the problem where, Depending upon the camera model, whether or not it's a newer camera, sometimes you can't always read the
0: uh, the, the raw images, but that's a whole nother matter. Uh, but they're small; they're tiny. They're giving you twelve eighty by eight fifty four pixel images, which is, is sort of ridiculous. Oh, okay. I apologize. If
1: you there's a link right underneath, and again we're Trying to read something that's non-English, so it's our our bad because we haven't learned other languages. There's a link that actually gives you a slightly bigger <laughs> image. Uh, I mean, it's it's just not that much bigger. But anyway, no. I I like the bokeh on this. Uh, it it looks pretty nice. But there's only four samples here. It's not like I mean, it, so. You're putting out a lens, right? You're put on your little Nikon slash Canon slash whomever hat. Okay. Uh, you put out great specs and you tell everybody how wonderful it is. But where wouldn't you put out a massive amount of images that truly show the way your... Lens works and,
0: and well, I thought traditionally, when they released a new lens or announced a new lens, they sent it out with uh, maybe an explorer of light of some kind. And yeah. that guy, you know, runs around and takes dozens and dozens of great shots, and then they pick out you know, a handful, like 12 or 15 photos or, or more. And then they post them all in very high res. So people can look at all the sharpness in the corners and see all the things wide Uh open. And they, they've got various examples of F five, six, F one, four, and so on. And, you know, Uh as a a camera company that sells a camera that actually shoots video maybe they would even release uh, some video with this uh you know what that, that would that'd be really nice you know it'd be great to see what a concept but uh you're right mitch this is sort of disappointing now it is a beautiful lens or it looks like a beautiful lens i would be excited <laughs> personally to have f1.4 at 105 I mean that's right there in the sweet spot a little bit more reach than an 85 millimeter and f1.4 will give you beautiful out-of-focus backgrounds so for portrait shooters this is going to be a wonderful lens is it going to replace your 51.2 or your I mean your 80 8512 or eighty five one eight or your eighty five one four in the case of Nikon because they'd actually have an eighty five one four. I don't know probably not uh do you need this lens if you don't have that range probably uh it's a great lens, but then you're still trying to decide do you go with the eighty five one four or the one oh five one four and is it really that much of a difference? Can you step forward what uh three and a half to four feet in order to accomplish the same field of view <laughs> uh yeah uh let me I, I i know we're doing this kind of on the fly
1: um uh, but uh, go Quickly, jump over to Petapixel. This is the easiest way to do it. Um, I found this fascinating. We're going to cover it on Planet 5D uh, probably next week. But if you scroll down, DJ, okay. there's an image of a guy with really wild hair that's an animated GIF. Of It says how a camera adds 10 pounds. Well, it's really a lens. Uh, total... But I found I found this fascinating. So we're talking about you mentioned a fifty millimeter versus an eighty five and, and this is a one oh five. And I this popped into my head because we often hear the story about um you know some lenses add 10 pounds and, and all that kind of stuff because of the way they work. So this image, uh, it's an animated GIF. For those of you who are listening on on audio, go over to Petapixel and look for an article called This is How a Camera Adds 10 Pounds, and of course we'll add that to the show notes. Uh, but it's fascinating to see that. I've, I've seen them, you know, like side by side before, side side by side. And this really shows you how... Switching from really wide angles down to telephotos changes the way your face looks on certain lenses and so i'm I, it's a real sidebar there we're really, you know i I'm trying to help make this a really interesting show, but well so I would actually argue
0: that the wider focal lengths reduce as opposed to increase you know if you think about How a 35 millimeter or 24 millimeter makes someone's face look, it actually makes you look skinnier than you really are in, in my personal opinion. Maybe I'm incorrect in that statement. And at 50, you're about what you'd normally look like. And then you get a slight increase in size going up. So. Right. So would 50 be the sweet spot then, Mitch?
1: Well, that I, yes, I would agree with you that I think that everybody says that the 50 millimeter, again, on a full frame sensor, if you go into crop sensors, you've got to put it in all that other calculation to figure that out. Uh, but 50 millimeters is generally believed to be about approximately real life without any spatial distortions like this image is showing.
0: Hmm. You're right. So, the, well, the reason I bring that up is um, sometimes... If, and this doesn't happen very often, but if I'm getting a talking head that's a, a little bit bigger and they want to look a little bit thinner, you, thinner? you feel like yeah. they're concerned about their size. You right. slap a you slap a 35 millimeter on the camera and you shoot it a little bit closer and right. they look at the image and they're like, I look great. And they're really excited uh-huh. about it. And uh, you know personally from shooting that it's a little distorted and it's obviously making their head a little bit smaller and their body a little bit smaller but they're excited about it so you just you say okay no problem let's go yeah. with that and uh that's a, a a pretty standard trick as far as the stills go though i mean it really kind of depends too on the angle at which you're shooting because this image in example here is dead on right Right, straight at the uh, individual, Nose, and he's right? you know in the center of the frame. But you start changing the position of the person, as well as the uh, the way they're facing, and the effect is completely different. Um, yeah, you know, if you actually shoot someone from the side, and you have that sort of uh, skinnier thing, it makes their head look strange and it makes like really pointy almost. And if you have a uh, longer focal length, it actually gives them sort of a narrower face. It's a little bit longer. I don't know. Maybe I'm just imagining things, but these are sort of just like go-to bits I use when I'm filming. So is it correct? I don't know. I think it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, now I, yeah. I now I'm th- doubting myself here. I don't even know.
1: No, 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 no. Don't ever doubt yourself, DJ, because you really know your stuff. But it's for those people who are truly noobs, um, and and again, like I've seen photos side by side. But sometimes, unless you you're really finicky and you like get out a ruler it's hard to see those differences which is why i really liked this animated gif to be able to show you those things and you're absolutely right if you move off center if you move different directions you're going to do different distortions uh i remember going to see the still motion uh training several years ago and they a certain lens uh focal lengths give you certain looks and and you just mentioned that you you know in certain situations you pull out a a lens that will give you a different look and feel uh, based on what you're after. And and that's one of the hard things in terms of learning uh, for all the noobs out there. You've got to start somewhere and you've got to start experimenting and or listen to wonderful people like DJ who really know what the hell he's doing and learn how these different lenses impact situations. Now, if you're broken you only have a 50 millimeter lens or something then you've got to learn to live with that but it's just it's just fascinating to see especially with technology to be able to do this animated gif that would have been difficult to do earlier on but it just helps people understand how things really visually change of course why they picked this guy with the hair i don't know
0: (laughs) it's, it's kind of cool though i mean when you showed this to me i was like oh yeah i guess you know i i know that that's the case but right. i've never actually seen it demonstrated in a manner that makes it uh really apparent like that
1: and i and i loved one of the comments on petapixel that said uh can i have his phone number <laughs> 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 apparently he's cute okay
0: All right, so Nikon's got some great lenses. Uh, As a Canon shooter, I've always been jealous of Nikon's glass. Uh, They've always had some great stuff, and they continue to kick out some excellence, even if they don't give us enough samples. Now, if you're looking for (laughs) more excellence in your 360-degree cameras, Facebook, who is starting to branch out into video a lot more than I was expecting... Has basically released plans for a VR rig that would be DIY. Now, when I say DIY, this project will set you back around $30,000 and take you roughly four to five hours to build. But if you want all of the Roughly. resolution in your 3D or excuse me 360 degree rig, this will handle it. Now Mitch, we keep seeing GoPro rigs and uh, these companies like Nikon producing you know cr- not Nike um, shoot uh, Nokia, Nokia made Nokia. one, the crazy globe type of thing. Uh, have right. you seen an explosion in 360 degree video? because I haven't. <laughs> uh yes
1: as a matter of fact we have um i found when i was looking at uh information about some of these things this morning i happened to be over on uh because they had an article about the nikon lens uh and they have an article that uh talks about uh a football match a soccer match for those of us here in the united states uh, over in England that was broadcast in 360 degree uh, format. And I, I didn't, I, I was kind of aggravated because there's an image on on the top of their article which looks like uh, a video player. So I clicked it and it it's a screen grab of YouTube with all the comments in it. And I'm like clicking play because I'm like, I'm thinking I'm, Visually, I'm on YouTube's website. and I'm like clicking it because I want to see how it works. And it's just a screen grab that you posted. And I'm like (laughs) totally faked out. Uh, But uh, for for example, this football uh, soccer match, to me, I don't know how exciting it would be if I only have one camera angle. And that's from the sideline. And sure, I can look around, but am I going to watch an entire match like with my phone or whatever and have to stand and hold it and turn from side to side? Or if I had a VR headset, obviously that would be better. And and it would be like standing on the sidelines, sure. But if you're watching something, don't you want to see all those different camera angles that we watch on TV and stuff? I don't. I just don't know that it would be that exciting for more than... Five minutes
0: well I think maybe if you were watching a, a chest match and it was a very close in sort of thing that wouldn't be too bad but a soccer field is rather large so what yes. you, you get large players when they're really close to the camera and little itty bitty tiny players when they're at the either uh-huh. end of the goalpost right uh-huh yeah and there's no way to cut back and forth I mean it's just right. one continuous 360 degree view the Maybe it is out there and I just haven't run across it, but no one has been sending me links to look at these beautiful 360 (laughs) degree shots. I've seen a couple of examples where, like, a car races around on a track or where they have somebody doing, like, uh, you know, weird uh, spin outs and things like that on a a parking lot. But uh, other than that, not really a lot has come my way. Uh, And I'm trying to think. of anything, anything that I've seen, and the only thing that comes to mind is the car, and then that uh, music video. You remember the music right. video with the kids, yes? Like, and yeah. yet we keep seeing more and more and more three sixty Cam- degree cameras, and not just cheap ones. I mean, these are extremely expensive. Now, there's the application of VR, I suppose, but even yes. VR, that's still in its, I want to say, <laughs> infancy as far as yes. media is concerned. We don't have enough out there. Uh, what are people doing with these? Are they just getting them and experimenting? Is this the next 3D? Are we going to see like a bust in this in the in the next two years where, you know, no one will care about it at all? And they will be 3D rigs on sale on eBay for $5? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think in reality, oh,
1: bad. I'm going in a bad place. In virtual reality, uh, in reality, the, I think VR is going to be a big thing. I just don't know how we're going to absorb it yet. Um, and again, like, like 3D, you had to wear special glasses. If you truly want to be immersive in VR, you got to wear a fancy-ass headset. Um, it's, it's fun. To me, it's fun. Uh, it, I told you before that I uh, shot a bunch of stills of um, Drumline this past winter gateway indoor if my sound effects would work and i don't know cash register doesn't do it either realistically because i didn't get paid for that but anyway (laughs) (laughs) um it's kind of fun because i've been following some some people that i met in that group that are doing uh drumline the summer and they're on tour and i went to see one of the events a couple of weeks ago and It's kind of big in the drumline world, for example, to get one of those VR cameras and to put it in the middle of one of the drumlines while they're doing a performance or a practice. Okay. And it's kind of cool to be able to watch this band, you know, you're, you're in the middle of the dang thing. And it's kind of fun to be able to be involved in that. If that's, you know, if that's your thing, marching band or whatever. Um, I'm seeing several of those, and people seem to really enjoy it, and if you've got your little phone, you can you know look around. uh but again, to me, it's fun a couple of times, but I'm not gonna do it for everything. I'd rather just sit and watch from my my one vantage point or on TV or something with multiple camera angles. So we gotta see where it goes. Again, we're we're not talking anything here about filmmaking, right? We still haven't. Yeah. You, we had that conversation about how do you do filmmaking in virtual reality. Uh, so that's way down the road. Still got to come out with a lot I of mean, stuff there.
0: As a filmmaker, you could theoretically do 100% green screen and then capture your surroundings uh, via a 360 degree camera, so I suppose you could superimpose people into, you know, different areas and locations. But that's a heck of a lot of work. And then well, that's where that light, that new Lytro Cinema camera would come into play
1: because it maps every person uh, that's in the place, you know. So you wouldn't need the green screen in that situation. But I understand your, your, your point, and and it does take a lot of work. And of course, it that that camera starts at 125 thousand dollars to rent. Yeah. So you're talking about big costs, whether you're doing green screen like you were talking about or this new ability. But but being able to map those people into a VR would be really awesome.
0: Well, with something like that, though, I almost see it as more of an amusement park type of application because, you know, you film an adventure and you have 360 degrees worth of, of viewing, and the ability to selectively uh, take objects out of the frame and, and do that sort of thing. So, what what would you do with that? Well, you don't want a lot of cuts in right. VR because right. it's it has to be interactive. So, you almost need to keep people on the rails and going forward in whatever action. You know, the action needs to come at them via some sort of method of pushing them through an environment. Right. So, right. in a Maybe a theme park, you could have, like, here's your assistant, Mary, and she's gonna take you through this. And then, like, she hands you a virtual gun, and you run around and, like, shoot bad guys, or you solve a crime, or whatever. And it's all 100% uh, no cuts, field of view. But in a cinematic format, I mean, there's a lot of humdrum to what people do, you know, and you don't want to have to see all that. And, you know, if the person is in control, the person in VR is in control of it. You either have to have an explorer adventure where you find things and do things or you have to force. Yeah. Or you have to force people to move (laughs) forward. Yeah. And that's I mean, AR, even augmented reality is at least that, you know, you have a drive to go walk over and grab something. But as right? a filmmaker like i a couple of people have asked me to write some stuff up on this and it's i can't come up with a a really good way to make a, f- a short film that would incorporate that sort of field of view unless you go with something like, have you seen hardcore henry? No. So hardcore henry is a first 100% first person Point of view uh, shot movie where it's just oh you know, yeah I heard about yes from yes. the, the view, field of view of, of his hands and it came from a YouTube short music video that someone created where they you know shot this entire thing from the perspective of the guy who's running through like shooting people and, and blowing up stuff and like performing action events if you did something like that and you were able to sort of stop and look around the entire scene it, it could be really cool but at the same time, again, compositing comes into issue because you, you have to get rid of everybody that's filming the film. You know, right. it, you don't just have the actor and a camera strapped to his forehead in order to accomplish a, a film like this. So, Well, it's a, it's a great cost savings because you get to get rid of the editor. That's true. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> it, it's just, I don't know. And if any of you guys out there have... Uh, clever, interesting ideas for uh, VR-style movie making. I would be interested to hear that. You know, as a video game player, I think VR is going to be awesome. You know, I can roll into my video game and I can have virtual guns in my hands and, you know, shoot stuff and and run around and and explore a a really cool environment. But that is user-driven content as opposed to a story that I'm trying to make someone understand or hear or listen to or watch you know it. Yep. it's not the same so you know a choose your own adventure book well it does say book it's it's not the same as a regular book because you get to decide where you go next and so you can't really control all the outcomes now maybe choose your own adventure is the way to go mitch maybe it's like yeah do you want to go this way or do you want to go this way and then you, uh-huh. you keep them on the rails in that manner and then the other thing is how do you cut in 360 degree video you know Yeah, it's jarring enough to to have the glasses on and to be looking around in in the world and then take them off. Your brain kind of does this this weird thing and you feel nauseous. Uh, If you're cutting in something like that, it's just it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how it's done exactly. Yeah, it's horrible. Or isn't done. Yeah, exactly. Now one more VR rig for you, and this one, we went with the $30,000, now we're going to go with the $199, (laughs) if you have a cell phone, an iPhone particularly, uh, you can strap this to your iPhone, and now you can get spherical 360 degree video that you can share in real time on your Facebook or WeChat, (laughs) or live stream this to YouTube, so... I guess people are doing it. You know, someone's doing yeah. it. This is for sale here. Um, and if you guys are wondering where this came from, uh, somehow I managed to search for the wrong thing on Amazon. And now my Amazon ads are completely filled with wacky 360 degree <laughs> cameras and strange phone accessories and all kinds of weird stuff. Now, Mitch, you're going on vacation soon. Get one of these for me and show me your houseboat. Show me the lake Show me what your family's up to, you know, on the beach. Sound like a good plan?
1: Uh, let's see. It's Friday. Let's see. Will they ship it to me by tomorrow? Nope.
0: <laughs> Next day, Amazon.
1: Uh, it's not available on Prime, so forget it.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's a weird device. When yeah. I saw it, I was, it just started started me thinking down the trail again of 360-degree video. Now, One thing I do like 360 degree video for and uh, it's concert coverage. If you can put a camera in the middle of a live performance of a band, it actually is really cool. Um, It's not like you're there in front of the band, but it's almost like you're up on stage with the band and you got to look around. Now, is that something you want to watch all the time? I would say absolutely not, but uh, is it good for like one or two songs? I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Otherwise, sporting events, I don't know. I don't think it works for all sporting events. I would love to see a tennis match done that way, but how do you avoid hitting the camera?
1: (laughs) Uh very good point. Very good.
0: Speaking of hitting the camera, Mitch, I've got this one story in Uh-oh. here, and this is actually a historical story about filming rocket launches and the Apollo 11 launch. Uh, you don't want your camera to get hit by a blast of hot rocket fuel. So tell me how they set this thing up and uh, a little bit of the history behind this weird, weird rig. Um... Well, first of all, I want to thank Brett
1: um, who wrote this story for us on planet five d uh and and I found it fascinating that uh the very first thing that he started out with is for shooters of my age, it's hardly fully it's hard to fully imagine a world in which professionals used only film <laughs> uh, and and if you imagine being at a place where you want to shoot in the old days like when i was young and and by the way i did see i think it was i'm, I'm not totally sure if i can recall i lived in florida at the time and we saw i think either apollo 13 or apollo 14 launch uh, which was fascinating because i mean just to, to see it live is just just amazing the saturn rockets uh, just blew us away and it was That was uh, we got there early, early, early while it was still dark and got to see it in the nighttime and then have the sun come up and and then the launch. And it was I just it just blew me away. But if if you imagine film days and having to be able to remotely shoot. And this is, again, 1969, 1970 to to be able to remotely trigger your camera in those days. Uh, this story is all about how you put something like that together to rig your camera when you can't be there. And the ingenuity not only of the people that managed to get us to the moon, but to be able to shoot film remotely without Wi-Fi or cell phones or iPads or any of the technology that we have today. Uh, It's a fascinating article. It seems like a
0: science experiment when I look at the design of this thing. So it's a telescope with a light sensor, and the light sensor maybe goes to an electrical converter that turns the light input signal into a control signal that goes into the side of the camera to fire (laughs) the operating mechanism is that that how i see it something yes and
1: and i don't remember all the exact details about how that works which of course as a plug i mean this this article came from nikon rumors originally so it's not just our content but it's a, it's a fascinating thing. And and looking at that image, you notice there's
0: an old vice grip there holding everything together. Oh, yeah, I didn't even see the vice grip in the Slays corner. Slays me.
1: Wow. But, you know, that's what you had to do back in the day. And and I love the comment. There's a long comment from a guy named Sam who posted uh, that a friend of his father's dad is a medical specialist. And and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, he describes it. And I'm going to try to talk to this guy, Sam, and see if we can get some more information about this camera equipment that his friend set up because it was a panoramic camera uh, that he has rigged up with raspberry pies and other things to be able to shoot things like the space shuttle launches and you know I've always just been totally fascinated by the space program because I was born and raised in a teenager at the time of the moon landings and it it just it just fascinates me and you know we're so used to the digital age. I mean, we, we know how to, to shoot remotely now. We know how to see the images instantly. I mean, these guys were shooting film and had to, to calculate what their exposures were going to be. And, and if it was a darker day, because I, don't, I for, for many of you who may not know, these cameras were placed very close to the actual launch far away miles away from where humans were allowed to be so it wasn't like they were just standing there with the remote trigger going click 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 they had to set these cameras up and in this story uh the guy the one in the down below talks about setting the camera up several days in advance because he wasn't allowed access the day before so he had to put a tarp over the camera and figure out how to get the tarp to come off you know i mean just this insane (laughs) stuff that people had to do in the old days to make these shots and and it it just grounds me and uh, you know we have such advantages today and we we often bitch and moan about oh this camera doesn't have spec xyz or this and that and the amazing things that people pulled off in the past with very little equipment it's it's very diy very much dslr film noob kind of stuff and and it's just fascinating to sit and read i I'd, I'd rather uh, i 'd love to see a video of somebody sitting down and talking about this kind of stuff and with the equipment because i 'm a visual kind of guy, and I get kind of distracted when i 'm reading long stories but this this kind of stuff 's fascinating
0: i 'm glad i 'm just old enough that uh I was able to shoot on both black and white and color film and learn to develop both of them uh before nice. I was able to switch over to digital. Uh, it it's really a different process and if you ever get the chance or have a friend who has a dark room who's still sort of a traditionalist, go over to their place and check out the stop bath and the the photo locker, you know, the paper locker and all that stuff and and watch the process cuz Part of it, you know, we talk about how great you can fancy up your photos with Photoshop and so on. But these guys, they actually cut out little pieces to dodge and burn your image. And, you know, I remember sitting there with a a little piece of paper, moving it around gently in different sections Uh to change my exposure in my images. And with color photography, I mean, developing that, there's so many temperatures that you have to concern yourself with and so many different little steps that go along with the development that it's so easy to mess up it's it's just really different now and as soon as i got the the uh, canon what is it d10 i think was uh, i don't know it was a long time ago way back the the very first i had a, a compact flash card that actually had a spinning hard drive in it and a wow. really old uh, digital camera that was awesome at the time i think it was a 10d uh, and that was my first awesome digital camera. And uh, that was like night and day. Look at this. I can shoot as many pictures as I want. I don't have to worry about anything anymore. You know, you're not a, a limited to 24 or 35 exposures on a single roll anymore when you have a digital camera. It's just a, I mean, I often find myself like, oh, I want to make sure I get this right. I'm just going to put this in burst mode and hold the trigger down for, you know, uh, 30 seconds at a time and get, you know, 20 or 30 different images. It's now, that would be ridiculous you know 15 or 20 years ago yeah
1: and i was about to say if you ever shot film and you had 36 images on your roll or 20 you know if you were cheap and bought the smaller roll uh you had to plan what you were going to shoot it wasn't like oh let's go shoot 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 i mean you could but we typically sat down and and composed and thought about what you were shooting and what the right exposure was even though we had meters and stuff but it it, it, it was so much more conscious in the film days than it is now everybody just goes out and shoots
0: well, and changing um, lenses, too. I mean, when well, yeah. I shot on a Pentax K1000, you, you, you put a roll in, and that's the lens you're stuck with until you're done. You know, there wasn't any of this, like, <laughs> I'm going to switch over to this lens and switch back over to this lens and uh-huh. change my shooting or, style.
1: Or or shoot in, in the dark versus daytime.
0: I know, you know. Yeah. Some of the cameras now, like my Sony A7S Mark II, it can see better in the dark than I can. And, uh, you know, when I shot black and white, we bought these giant reels of film that were ISO 400 I believe and we would roll it into the cartridges ourselves and I mean that's that's it that's as good as it gets so you have to really plan for having enough light to shoot your subjects there is no like oh I'm just going to put it in auto ISO and let it ramp right. all the way up to 3200 and all the way down to 100 if I need to you know and yep. you didn't have that option and so you really had to work hard and think about it i'm a lazy photographer now <laughs> compared to then it's oh like, yeah we all are you
1: know, we I, all are uh, absolutely
0: but if you get and the you, chance I, i'm not a traditionalist and i i wish i'd have if i knew this talk was coming i would have posted the picture in the show notes i have a picture i took of some hipsters selling poems Uh, that they type on a typewriter for you when I was in uh, Portland the other day. And uh, it's the same thing with uh, photography. Like, if you ever get a chance, go do it once. If there's a public darkroom somewhere in your city that you live in, you know, go talk to some of those guys and and shoot a roll. You know, borrow a camera, shoot a roll of film and try and develop it and see what happens. It's a really interesting different process and it really gets you thinking about your current style of photography and maybe put a little more... Uh, effort into what you do and how you do it, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of nostalgia week, by the way. Um, we also had an article that I've I've just put in the show notes uh, about uh, blue screen. I found the this video describing how back when they were shooting Star Wars, how blue screen developed for making uh, background, uh, you know, green screen. What we call green screen today. Uh, it's it's a fascinating. 12 15 minute watch i've forgotten exactly how long the video is if you want to see what it was like in the old days having to shoot with multiple filters and and do different kinds of things to get the special effects uh, it's a fascinating story and i won't go into it now but if you're if you're interested in how that works go look at that so no, that
0: stuff's really tough back then you know when you had to do like mats and and all the other uh-huh. crazy things in order to accomplish what we can do now by clicking a button and moving yep. some faders Yep. All right, last thing on the list here is uh, some weird stuff. Uh, This is a (laughs) software program that allows you to make images move. And uh, Mitch knows a lot more about this than I do. I just clicked on their website, and for some reason it crashed uh, Google Chrome. (laughs) So uh, tell me more, Mitch. All
1: right, so I think most people know what a cinemagraph is. And if you don't know what a cinemagraph is, like DJ. Yeah, Mitch uh, brought this up, and I,
0: I'm i like, I have no idea what a cinemagraph is.
1: So a cinemagraph is, is imagine taking a video, say for a second or two seconds, of, an, of a um, model, and the wind is blowing in her hair. Now, in that two seconds, she's going to blink, and she's going to move her head slightly, and... And, you know, her face is going to move. But you, in a cinemagraph, what you do is you end up putting a mask over her face. And and let's say you want just the hair to be moving. And so you end up creating an animated GIF or GIF, depending upon how you like to say the word. And you've, you've masked out everything except for her hair that's moving. And then the rest of it is like a still image. Okay, so that's a cinemagraph. Now, that takes a lot of work to do to create. And there's a new product called Plotograph Pro, which, and I have not seen this uh, in any kind of detail. I, I saw it referenced uh, yesterday, and I, I sort of logged it in my head as something that we probably wanted to report on. But this is a methodology for taking a, a still image and making parts of it move like a cinemagraph. And I and I basically, I mean the short version of way to say this. So we all I think we all kind of know Twixter will let you smooth out and and morph things in video. And in this situation what you do is you get a still photograph and and in the show notes if you're looking at the show notes I grabbed one of their samples of a spiral staircase and supposing according to their website what you do is you upload the still and you go in and you specify which section of the image you want to move and which direction you want it to move and press a button and it animates it for you now i have not had the chance to try this yet but it looks pretty cool i mean to be able to have a still image where it just a now in 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 the staircase example realistically since there is nothing else that potentially is moving in the image it's kind of like uh okay that could have that could just be a video right yeah <laughs> uh but you know like typically like the example or i was talking about of a model uh where her eyes would normally move or she would breathe or whatever and all you have moving is the hair that's the concept is to just have one portion of the image moving and the rest of it be a still image and there's there are several samples they have, like the, the ocean, uh, the surfer is really kind of cool that's at the end of that stream and you can't really modify it. But they have several examples that, that are fairly cool of a still image that they've managed to animate just a portion of the image. And it, it's cool. I don't, you know, it's just one of those cool things, especially that, that we can now do with software that we couldn't do before with uh, or was more difficult to do. In the quote-unquote old days, there's the surfer one. If you happen to be watching the nope. video, <laughs>
0: I cut That's away right. as soon as we checked. It's
1: fine. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, so if you go over there to that website, Plot a Graph Pro, you can see all those samples, and it's basically trickster for stills, and it's kind of cool.
0: It does look cool. I don't know. I, we were talking about this before the show, and it's like even though you could generate something like this what do you what do you do with it you know it's basically just for the web it's not as though you could put this on a wall and and see this is there any way to make this into a hologram of some kind or you know uh some sort of like uh moving image that you could put on your wall
1: not that i'm aware of um uh it would go probably on one of those you know um digital frames digital frames yeah i couldn't think of the word but yeah something like
0: that all right guys well that's the end of the show this was uh this was a rough one guys uh not a lot of great stuff today but uh do definitely check out those two historical things that we mentioned that's really cool stuff and uh this uh moving photograph thing if you want to play around with it let us know how it turns out now mitch do you have anything else before we get out of here uh, yes, as a reminder,
1: uh, open until Monday at 9 p.m. Central Time is the giveaway of the Cineo Matchbook Light Kit. We're giving away two of those. If you go to DSLRfilm, I'm sorry, Planet5D.com/slash/giveaway noob, you can see that giveaway and register and enter. You have until Monday, August 1st, at 9 p.m.
0: I will throw that into the show notes so you guys can uh, find that fast and easy. As for me, I've got nothing else to say to add to this uh, (laughs) early morning. I'm going to go get my teeth hammered on in about uh, 45 minutes. So wish me luck, and hopefully uh, my air conditioner will not flood my basement in the future. (laughs) You can find me on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on... I'm not on Pinterest. Never mind. Um <laughs> Mitch, where can people find you?
1: <laughs> oh, you cracked me up. I am Planet Mitch everywhere. Uh except for the one guy that's reserved Planet Mitchell somewhere. I don't know, but um I'm on Pinterest. You can look me up at Planet Mitch on, on Pinterest and <laughs> Facebook and 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 MySpace and uh, there's... You know, there's a website. There are well, there's a couple of websites that you can go in and put your nickname, yeah, or your your preferred screen name, and it will show you all of the websites where you aren't registered with that name. If it's available, you can go register easily, and that's kind of cool.
0: Oh, I forgot to mention. Um, did you know? <gasps> uh, and this is a side topic, but uh, just kind of interesting. I use Flickr still. Uh, yes, I'm an old man. I use Flickr. Yes. You, you caught me. <laughs> but uh, now that uh, Verizon is buying. Yahoo! As Yahoo. a property, they will own Flickr, and uh, that implementation of Flickr may be changing and being rolled into some crappy Verizon, my video, my photo junk that could inevitably ruin Flickr, which is nice. It's very, very sad and disappointing. I wonder how that's going to affect uh, Tumblr because didn't Yahoo buy Tumblr a few years back?
1: I don't know. Hmm. I don't
0: know. Okay, never mind. Uh, there's also a great video, if someone wants to link to it, I don't know where it's at, but uh, I have a guy saying all of the social media things you can follow him on, and it actually takes three and a half minutes and fills the entire <laughs> screen with different <laughs> banners because there are nice. so many different things out there to share. We will see you next time. This show was a long-winded episode of DSLR <laughs> Film Noob Podcast. <laughs>